Welcome back, community group leaders, to this episode of the Deeper Podcast. We're so excited that you joined us again this week. And with us, we have Joe. Good Hello. to see you. Good to be back. Good to be, yeah, good to yeah. have you back. Where have you been the last couple of weeks? I've been to Egypt okay. and far beyond in the Eastern world. No, I've traveled to Egypt with my mother-in-law and Aww. Cheryl and uh, Chuck, her husband. It was good. It was a good time. Give us one highlight. Like, what was something that highlight st- the pyramids? Stood out? Okay. The pyramids. We saw the pyramids on the second day we were there, and they were bigger than what we thought. And it was more of a engineering feat that we discovered on it. Yeah, but it was really cool. We learned a lot of different things about Egyptian culture. Well, excellent. And did you guys stay safe, obviously, it sounds like? We did. Good. We did. Actually, the most we felt in danger was coming home on Highway 70 when there was a major <laughs> jackknifing. Uh, oh, no. Okay. So on Saturday night, you may have been driving on Highway 70 east and or west, and it was, man, backed up for ages. Yes. So, yeah. But we were second on the scene, so we actually went and checked and see, saw that people were okay. Okay. So. Wow. Wow. More than you asked, Jeremy. No, but, yeah, that's, that's great. Fun. Well, we're glad you're back. I'm glad Thank you. Had you. A good it's trip. good to be back. And then we have uh, a new guest this week. We've got Brody. Brody, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. So just tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your story and your role here at the church. Yeah. So my name is Brody Lumpkins. I serve as the local outreach coordinator for Fellowship. So I just help the church uh, be mobilized into helping people find and follow Jesus in our city. And that plays out in a lot of different ways with community partners like Topeka Rescue Mission and Lifeline, um, to working with other church partners to do things like ShareFest, and even things... Which you've uh, taken over with, this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, uh, Jeremy trusts me enough with, uh, with those That's relationships. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it's just been a privilege to serve with the team with Curtis and Larry and all those amazing guys who uh, make that happen every year. So. Love it. Well, we're so glad that you're you're part of the team. Glad you're on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, Joe, that I thought we could model is the I see and you conversations. So yeah. something that we want group leaders to be thinking about is looking for those people in their groups. They can have those I see and you conversations and yes. invite them into to leadership and that type of thing. That's right. So I thought we could model that about Brody, and then people get to know Brody a little bit more. So yeah, Joe, what what do you what have you seen in Brody the last so, several years? Um, staff? I have seen so much growth and development in Brody over the time that I've known him and in that he served here. Um, when he first came, I think he was overwhelmed with everything that was happening. <laughs> and I don't think he believed that, um, and again, I'm saying this in kindness, yeah. but I don't think you believe that God could work in it to, so that you could do this job. <laughs> and I, I've seen, and I'll just go here, I've seen someone who develops people, and Jeremy, spend time with you, and I'm thankful for Tuesday mornings when I can speak into you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen someone humble him, themselves, learn what they needed to learn, and take those first steps. And now you have a greater capacity to do that, and you... You're not overwhelmed. You're not in leading out of insecurity, which will move you towards anger and bitterness. You're leading out of out of confidence in Christ. And that's what I see. I, I'm proud of you, man. It's awesome to see that. Thank you, Joe. That yeah. means a lot to hear. Sure. Yeah, that was the the biggest thing I had to share too, was just the humility. But I'll share two other things to kind okay. of compliment that. One is just Brody, your servant's heart. Like you want to love other people in the midst of what you do. I'll just give one simple story from this last week. Uh, Angie Stewart, who's our outreach and discipleship admin, had a lot of things on her plate, uh, specifically on Monday. Yeah. And she was cranking stuff out. And Brody <clears throat> saw that and he thought, how can I help her right now? So he he went and got her uh, a drink that she was looking forward to. And he just he's just intentional to look 
look to see how he can be helpful for people. And I just so appreciate that about you. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that you, that people might not fully know is our best ideas out of outreach right now are coming from Brody. Really? And so as you guys continue to see development and growth and outreach and ShareFest or Alpha or even Christmas offering different things, Brody's the... The brain's behind a lot of this different stuff. So, yeah. Brody, it's, really it's cool. great having you on the team. Well, I couldn't do it without Jeremy. As Joe mentioned earlier, uh, Jeremy has been an amazing coach. And just being able to sit underneath his his leadership and ability to guide our team through difficult conversations and just crucial moments to to make those decisions has been crucial to my development. Yeah, and, uh, awesome. Oh, that. That's great. So, did not need to say that, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so uh, normally we would turn the corner and talk about the big idea, but before that, we're going to talk about this weekend our deep and wide celebration. Yes, yes, so, I'm so excited about that one, Joe. You, I mean, you've you've been a part of this for the last ten years. Just give us a big picture. I know. Of this, when we were this building like. this phase of our church, which is our worship center, our nursery, um, atrium, downstairs area there, the hub, and everything. Uh, offices, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We we thought, how can we do this that wouldn't just benefit us? Yeah. So we said for that first campaign, we would take 10% of all the money that was given mm-hmm. and help build churches um, outside of fellowship mm-hmm. and to be a blessing so that they could do what we're doing and another church would bless them in that. Yeah. We didn't know what God was going to do. Yeah. We had around $360,000 that was the 10% of the $3.6 million that was given for that. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. God, over the course of these past 10 years, we finally spent all that money. <laughs> We've built 12 churches. 12 churches have been built, and there's some more in progress, yes. but 12 are built. 12 are built. Um, one of the things I thought about is, wouldn't it be cool if we could house in in a church just as many people as we're housing in our church? Yeah. And I think we have that capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The same number of people outside of fellowship are now benefited by this building program. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. It's and just some of the um, I can't give the names of all the specific countries. If you want to know, you can come talk to me in the atrium. But um, Philippines yep. been a place, um, a place in South Asia, our focus country. Uh, Southeast Asia, there's a highly Muslim country that we've been able to be yes. a part of. Sierra Leone, which you're going to be going and being a part of the church dedication in February. In, yeah. Yeah. In February. Um, so those have been some of the the main places. And I've got a couple stories and you may have some other stories, but two churches that were just, the stories are just amazing in the Philippines. It's way up North. Mm -hmm. And Brett Durbin, when he first went there and scouted out this place and he talked with the people in this trash dump community, they, they were question was, well, what is a God? Like they didn't have a framework to understand even what a God was. So that was the first experience Brett had in that community. And now we've been able to partner with that church. We've sent teams to go visit them and all kinds of things. And there's a thrive every, from what I heard, everyone from that trash dump community is a part of that church. Wow. So moving from, and I, and I visited twice. And so gone from what is a God to all of them part of a church family. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. And another story the one in the highly Muslim country in Southeast Asia, it was previously a mosque. Yes. And then we've been able to give funds to transform into a community center. Yeah. And then it's been used as a school and all kinds of things. And then leveraged for, for the gospel as well. Yeah. So, I mean, those are just two of several, just amazing stories of what yeah. God's been able to do. What I like about this. it is it doesn't require us to oversee it and run it. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's a partnering. It is. And that's what we want to be in all of outreach. We want to partner with people and ideas yeah. that are already 
already functioning yep. and kind of give them a shot in the arm to, yeah. to bless them and encourage them so they can continue doing that's right. versus us starting from scratch, having to run it from the U.S. Those yeah. are, those are, that's a recipe for disaster admission. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, and, and in the midst of that, you know, I know that we've been talking a lot about church buildings, and, yeah. but in the midst of our core value through this has been deep relationships. That's right. And so we've been able to have that, you know. The, the combination of those two really see some transformation happen. So yep. thank you everyone. That's you've been a part of being generous within this. Maybe some of you have been here for the last 10 years and yeah. being able to be part of this celebration now. And maybe if you're new to the church and this is the first time you're hearing about it, um, hopefully you can enjoy the celebration as well. So there'll be yep. video, there'll be pictures, there'll be different things as part of the service and in the atrium. And then also one of our pastors will be there um, to, to close the time in prayer and for you yep. to get to know a little bit better. Yeah. And if I could just say one thing, I kind of oversaw um, the building of this whole thing with yeah. the contractor and everything. And yep. I just remember we had so many surprises. We had a $500,000 wall we had to build that we didn't know where that money was coming from. We had um, so many things that didn't work out the way we had planned them to go. And we had to shrink the size of what part of the building we would actually mm -hmm. occupy. Mm -hmm. One of the things we had to make a decision on not go moving into were the offices down here. Mm -hmm. We waited yep. we waited three years before we moved into the offices here. And so that was our sacrifices and people just stacked up. And I remember <laughs> I was our, in the cubicles. You, yes. <laughs> you were yes. in a cubicle stacked up next to someone. We had to be careful how loud we were talking and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It was worth it, right? Yeah. Every bit of that, we won't do it right now we'll, because this is more important. Totally worth it. And then as we've been available, you see even better ideas come up of like the cafe with yeah, dialogue. That's right. If we had just gone with you know a cafe at the beginning. We'd be operating a cafe right now. Yeah. yeah it it would is, not be as as good of a vision as it is right, right now. You're so right. God knew what God knew he, did. he was doing. He did. Like always. Yep. Okay. So now let's go to uh, Joe. Talk about first just the series. Of yeah. Jude, and then this week, what you're wanting to get across. Yeah, so Jude is this one book in the Bible that I think we can go for four weeks, we can go verse by verse. Yeah. And that, it's called exegetical teaching, where we go verse by verse. <clears throat> it's not a topic. We try to explain the scriptures, and then through the power of the Holy Spirit, look for applications of what it means to yep. us today. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way and a method of studying the scriptures. Those who do it, I love, I mean, I learned the Bible this way. It's a way they yep. teach you in seminary. And it's a it's an addictive way to do it. And you're going, I know the Bible, and I grew so much in this, and I really know this whole thing. But it's tempting for us to say that's the only way to teach. And so we do we do topicals here. Jesus taught topically. We do uh, ex expository teaching, which is this is the theme of what is being taught here. And then now we're doing exegetical, where we just go verse by verse. My hope is that we'll go have a deeper understanding. Yeah. We'll be trained in a new way to study the Bible together, and it won't be boring. But it would be something that we see the very beauty and the glory of the gospel as we do. Yeah. So you're going to spend 30 minutes talking about four verses. Yes. And uh, what are you hoping we take away from these first four verses? First four is to realize, look, the Christian life is a struggle. Mm. It's going to be a struggle from the voices of hearing the voices of the world and even your self-talk, your own voices to yourself and to listen to the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And Jude is going to say, look, you're called, you're beloved, you're kept, and that's that's who you are, who you are, and that's who God is calling you to be. And in some ways, that's kind of just a natural um, 
continuation of what we were just talking about with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're right. And so, you're right. Yeah. How do we do that? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have to seek it, and yeah. we have to be led by the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I got two questions for us today that are going to be more application questions to take what you're going to talk about. So here's the first question. This is based on verse one and talking about identity. Out of all the voices in your life, how are you listening and responding to the voice of God? So, Brody, I don't know which one of you wants to start first, but what, how would you respond to that question? Yeah, so um, I saw that um, the part in Joe's sermon, he talked about um, being called and living into a greater purpose. And a lot of times I've realized when I separate what I'm doing and living out and the character of what God's calling me to do from a purpose, and I'm just seeing it as do and do mm-hmm. not and not living in step with the Holy Spirit, um, I have a tendency to be a lot more lenient with where my flesh is at and what my desires are and how it impacts me and my selfish uh, thought process. But when I think <clears throat> about um, what it means as a community to be living with integrity of our character, um, to uh, listen to God's voice and see the greater purpose of what He's calling us to do as the church, to be a faithful presence together. Um, I, I, I have a stronger desire to walk in, that sp- in the Spirit and to follow God's voice in what He's doing with all of us together. Because when I'm thinking about myself, that's actually counter to the gospel, mm. to think about my own spiritual development apart from and in a vacuum from other people um, and the way that uh, me lusting after the things of the world or craving uh, recognition or being noticed by other people um, all stems from me not looking at the way that it impacts God's church. And mm-hmm. so um, I... I I picked that part out and that really stuck with me and echoed um, attaching what we do and the integrity of us listening to God's voice and how that impacts the people around us. Mm-hmm. So I want to break that down into kind of two pieces, what you just said, because I think there's a lot of good stuff there. So the first thing is I, the, the individual, you as a person, and then the second was the community piece. So mm-hmm. can you make what you're talking about, um, how this affects you personally? Do you have like an example in your life of what that, what that look, could look like? Or has looked like for you? Yeah, I I think a, a general a general pattern that I have to face in my position as the local outreach coordinator is um, people. Um, we have a lot of amazing people in this church who have ideas for mm-hmm. our community and mm-hmm. passions of how they could impact our city. And if I'm trapped in thinking about um, my comfort and what I'm going to get, and um, my ideas being the ideas that come across, and the pride of me being the one that sticks out, um, a lot of those ideas get stunted. Mm. And um, because I bottleneck our church's effort with me. Mm. And Mm. so as an individual, I have to recognize that uh, my role is to develop and empower that person and humbly look at them as more important than myself. Mm -hmm. And... um, and it's God's role to say whether that that vision, that passion, is is their calling at that moment. Uh, but it can be stunted if I'm thinking about my pride as as how good of a leader I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, being the good leader is representing Jesus by coming 
coming alongside and actually serving these people who come to me with these ideas and these passions to say, no, actually, I think that is amazing. Let's mm-hmm. let's see what that could look like and and pray about this yeah. and see what God's call is. And so, e- yeah. even if they ultimately get you know some of the recognition, the glory for you know the, what the work they were doing, or maybe it costs you more time and energy and work yeah. to help come alongside them, but ultimately, yeah, sacrificing to let. God ultimately be glorified and see an impact. I think what you're talking about is exciting because we'll just give a little teaser. Come the beginning of the new year, we're going to be talking about how to to be on mission with God, but also how as a church, how do we partner with our people well? And so I think what you are being challenged with the navigating through, we need to grow in and figure out as a church. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're excited to see how that'll come to fruition. Okay. So now let's talk about the community element of it. So I liked, you brought this up in our, um, in our debrief after the message, just talk a little bit more about that because that's just not how Americans always think, not always how I think, and maybe even our church family. So just explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So the interesting thing is we read Jude and it's, um, it's written in the context of a culture who, uh, a church leader or an apostle is writing to people um, as a community. Mm-hmm. And the message that we read in our devotionals and our time together, we reflect on the application as an individual. Uh, but actually, almost all of them are written as applications for us as a church. And um, we are at a detriment as the church in America because we often think about our individual actions and we, we are developed in community. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about how I can apply this by myself, there's, uh, we have to build systems for accountability. We have to build systems for um, all these things that if we started with the application of us together, um, we, uh, we wouldn't have to build in all those systems. And so um, Jude writes and he talks about the character and integrity of the church. And uh, it's because together we're supposed to be growing in holiness, and together mm-hmm. we grow in the identity of Christ, and it's infectious when we live that together. I mean, if you're in a community group and you come to community group every yep. week and you share how your week's going, mm-hmm. um, you will st- you start to slowly see how you're being formed more yep. into the image of Christ mm-hmm. together That's with right. other people yep. um, if you're living out that integrity as a community. And that's infectious to the people on the outside of the church who are looking and seeing, okay, not only is that one person representative of Christ, but the church as a whole, I can walk in there and every person I know represents this this person they believe in. And it's, it's genuine hmm. um, because the church leadership we can represent, uh, but if people walk in these in the doors of the church we're not always the people that they have communication or connection with. And so it's important that the things Jude's talking about of, of living out these identities is being lived out by all of us because mm-hmm. it makes some of us hypocrites, if not all of us are doing mm-hmm. it together. And so, yeah. Joe, That's any, good. Any other thoughts you'd add to that or other thoughts? You'd yeah. I just think question? about, um, we certainly have patterns going throughout the community of God, but sooner or later we have to take personal responsibility with um, what God, who God calls us to be, mm-hmm. and the integrity that we have having the mind of Christ now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's something that can only be developed well in community. Mm-hmm. But um, my daily, my daily walk with Christ, I have to be listening 
to the voice of God. Yeah. And I remember those little bands that used to go around when I started out in ministry, WWJD, you know, those silicone <laughs> bands that were, you know, printed and given all that. What would Jesus do? They would, you know, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. But this one is really, um, what does God's word say? What's the character of Jesus? What does it look like to follow Jesus? And when you follow Jesus, you're basically saying, make your life mine, right? Mm-hmm. Bring in your holiness, your mercy, your peace, your love, May I, that's what I model to people. Mm-hmm. And as that's been imitated, as I imitate that in others, then I can be an example to others. And listening to the voice of God is one of the most important practices in your daily walk. Because yeah. if you don't, you will listen to the voices of the world yeah. calling out to you. You will listen to the voice of yourself, what you believe about yourself, that the mind of Christ must transform, right? Yeah. The renewing of your mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. so then how would you guys respond whether, you know, it's in your life, an individual, or if you're, you know, a group leader, and people are kind of like, I don't listen to the voice of God. Um, where, Stop where, it. What's a good, <laughs> where, where's a good, yeah. where, where's a good first place to, to start with that? Or even if you're a group leader and someone shares that, how do you respond to that in a way that has mercy, peace, pointing them to the love of God? I think one of the things that we have created here that um, people can either feel above or below on is the daily devotional. Mm-hmm. Daily devotional moves you to calibrate your life around Christ. It is focused on the scriptures, less commentary, what other people believe about it, and more uh, opening it up, reading it, allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you some, not all of everything that's in there, but some of what's in there, and for you to respond on a daily basis to orient your life as you read, as you examine, as you apply, and as you pray the Word of God in your life. That is organizing or ordering your life around the Word of God, the voice of God in your life. Second thing is, is that you have the Holy Spirit in you. We just went through that series. Mm -hmm. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of God in you, reminding you of his word and ordering your life under the circumstances of your day. You're tempted Mm -hmm. to look at porn. You're tempted to look at um, a woman walking down the road who's attractive the second time. I mean, the first time happens that second time might be intentional. Mm-hmm. You're tempted to speak harshly to someone. You're tempted to act out in anger. You're tempted to um, go for the next drink that you know is too much. I mean, all those things, all those things are calibrating your life around the voice of God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, kind of what, what you're saying is you need to have a compelling why, so yes. and also a, a clear how. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're saying you know I'm not listening and, and responding to the voice of God, I think it, it's leaning in and saying okay, you know, is there something about the voice of God that we're not believing? I mean, do you not believe that you're called, that you're beloved, that you're kept? You know, is there truths that we need to have? you know, inside of us, or is it simply, we don't, we don't have a process or a play or a good how to do that. And the daily Mm -hmm. devotion is a great how. So I think just as leaders and as we examine our own life, we just need to be asking, is there something that I'm not believing that I need to believe? And, or is there a practice that I just need a a clear how to be able to do? Yeah. Um, The only thing I just want to highlight a little bit is just all the voices in your life. So just, just recognizing the fact in our culture that we just live in a loud, noisy culture. Yeah. I mean, you can listen to a podcast anytime you want to music, anytime you want to 24 seven, you know, media and news and sports and alerts and things on your phone. Yes. And so it's far more. Yeah. Then my life was growing up. Yeah. I had three channels yeah. on the television. Yeah. You watched. Yeah. You watched. Yeah. Together. Yep. Um, and we endured 
commercials, even yeah. though it was marketing, you know, <laughs> you look at how much is known about you and how much is fed to you, your eyes, the voices, all those things. My goodness, it's overwhelming. And Unless you have some level to which you say no to that, you yeah. can't say yes to God. Yeah. So just recognizing the fact that there are lots of, even our inner voice, That's right. other people's voices, what people have said about us. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that we are overwhelmed by the number of voices that we're bombarded with yeah. and figuring out how do we, how do we turn those down mm-hmm. so that we can turn up the voice of God and just what, what does that practically look like in our life? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the second and final question. So this is going to be from verse two, looking at inheritance. So how are you living in the mercy, peace, and love of God? What is, what does that look like? in your life right now? Hmm. Cricket? Um, <laughs> sorry. So though that's the character of Christ. That's the integrity of Christ that we have offered to us through what he's done for us. And I just think as we deal with um, the brokenness in us, the brokenness around us, the brokenness in the church, that those are going to be the places God wants to end up with us. Mm-hmm. He wants us people who are rich. Here it said, each one of these traits are multiplied to you. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be rich in mercy. Mm-hmm. Why? Where do we hear that? But God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love which he's shown for us. It's yeah. Ephesians chapter yeah. 2. You know, he, he, he made us alive even though that we were dead. There's a lot of dead things and dead living around us. Mm-hmm. God made them alive. Yeah. We bring that life into a world when we follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. There's that would you know will dwell in our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's also the that God demonstrated His love for us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And we have you know being justified with with God, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. We, we need to be people who come in, we address issues, but ultimately we're no longer in the conflict with Christ. Mm-hmm. We're at peace with God in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the love, lust just wins. It's winning in our world right now. What can you get? When's the last time you got? I mean, all those types of things mm-hmm. is, it's not just the lust of the flesh, it's also the lust for more, that if I had more, I'd be more content. If I was more, if I had a higher positions, I'd be more valuable in a community. I could do more. It's it's where we have to humble our hearts and say, we are the beloved of God and I am loved. And since I'm loved, it's got overflowing from my life yeah. to others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me and in, in my life right now, the, the, the main relationship that came to mind is with Judah, that I okay. need to really be focusing on this. I like some of the things that you talked about in the run through at least. <laughs> so... Remembering God's mercy. So when I'm trying to to correct, discipline, encourage him, how am I remembering God's mercy of me mm-hmm. so that when I'm disciplining him, it's not just corrective, yes. but it's really, a, there, there's an element of that mercy. And then peace that when I'm disciplining, correcting, I'm maintaining peace in that relationship with him and yeah. that connection, and then ultimately always pointing him to the love of God. And so it can just be when you're tired, when you're in the day, when you're exhausted, when he's dysregulated, just the, you know, like stop that, you know, yeah. just change your behavior. But how, as I'm parenting, am I doing it in a way that's focused on mercy, peace, and the love of God? So yeah. for me, that's that's the biggest relationship and area that I need to continue to grow in when it comes to, to this topic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brody, what about you? How do you think about this question? Yeah, um, I was thinking about how um, the the different picture of what I constantly set my the expectation of what I'm doing on mm-hmm. myself and uh, 
the competition between that and who I'm being in Christ. And um, I the consistent thing that I've just been fighting over the past month or two is just every time um, hearing any kind of, of the tension between the, the wars across on the other side of the world mm. and how that's impacting our culture here in the United States to our own our own city is struggling with a spike in homicides, mm-hmm. especially yeah. Yeah. Uh, with youth. Uh, over, uh, I think there's a, a dozen youth have been um, victims of homicide in our city, and the increase of homelessness and and the tendency for me to disassociate who I already am in Christ and let not peace define <clears throat> me but instead uh, someone who's disturbed and frustrated and confused and someone who's putting all the pressure on me to change all these mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. and be, be somebody who has, the, uh, has even the authority to, to create my own peace. But instead, I need to be shifting as I see these news reports, as, I, mm-hmm. as I'm interacting with people who are um, worried or concerned I need to come back to who I am in Christ and realize that the peace that transcends all understanding, um, that I'm already loved, um, that there are good works that I've been called to, mm-hmm. and I'm so limited as a single individual, but there's there should be peace about that. There should be, I should be able to rest in the mercy that mm-hmm. I, I do mess up and I, and I do have these shortcomings, mm-hmm. um, but Christ... Re- rewrote a narrative for how I can live and don't have to be defined by the worry and despair that a lot of people are turning to right now. Yeah. Yeah. As a recovering doer, I can understand what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, and, you know, within this, doing isn't wrong. It's how do we allow our being influence yes. and translate yes. our, our doing? This is something that Joe's talked about before. And so, yeah, how can our first response? be prayer and focusing on listening to his word and what he's calling us as an individual or us as a church family, you know, to be engaged in, be involved in, because those things are aligned with God's heart. Right. But how do we, how do we listen to what he's calling us to do? Because we can't do everything, but we can do something. And the most we can do is pray and then be faithful and obedient to what God does call us to. Yeah. And I think, you know, Jude is, is confronting those who have crept in unnoticed Mm -hmm. Uh, who perverted the grace of God into sensuality, yeah. you know, sec- sexual immorality, and denying as a result of it, I'm going to live the life I want to live, denying the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that would elicit some emotions in me, wouldn't it? If yeah. that's the church, you know, that's my church, that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And there were people who were teaching it in the Bible studies, you know, God, you know, wants us to be happy. And so he, we're saved for Christ, so we can do whatever we want to do. You'd want to go Oh, I'm going to pound on him, basically. And he says, nope, what I want multiplied to you is grace, is mercy, peace, and love. Yeah. Those seem to be counter-cultural responses, yeah. but those are ultimately the targets that the church needs to be focused yeah. on yeah. in our correction. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's what we got for, for this week for the, the content and application questions. Brody, would you pray for our group leaders and our groups? Absolutely. Father, we thank you for all of our dedicated community group leaders and all of the people who join in um, in recognizing that we need to come together 
to be formed by your voice and your calling in our lives and the identity that you've placed on us as beloved children of God. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would instill that in us and allow us to work out of what you've called us and what you've identified us as, and that we could work within integrity of our character and living out as a, as a counterculture to what is happening around us within our own city and the world, that we would be a faithful presence. God, help us to look into this, this letter from Jude um, and reflect on it and meditate on it and how it could impact our life together as community groups and as the church. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, on the horizon, we just have a couple things. First thing I'll just say is that we have two more episodes after this, and then that'll be the end of kind of this season of the deeper podcast and for the year. I know there's three more weeks of Jude, but practically the day that we record is on Thursday. And if we had done that extra one, that would be on Thanksgiving week. So we're just going to do two more. And then and we don't get into the Bible on Thanksgiving week. <laughs> oh, we get into yeah. all kinds of things, yes, but that's right. not okay. food, football, family, yes, fellowship, right. all those things. Right. Um, so two more episodes, but over the next couple episodes, I'll be casting some more vision, giving you some more um, information about upcoming leader training and what things will look like after the first of the year. Then the final thing I've got is the Bethlehem experience. It is coming up. So we've got December 8th through 10th and 15th through the 17th. So be on the lookout to get registered for you, people in your community group, and even maybe people in your neighborhood or just people you know that this could be a great first exposure to to Jesus, to the Bible, and Mm -hmm. uh, even to to fellowship. So with that, thank you for being a part of this episode. We'll see you next time.